This podcast contains adult language. DigitalDaring.com. Today is November 9th, 2015. NFL Week 10 Picks and Kicks. Calhoun in the building. What's up, Calhoun? What's going on with you, Mr. Digital Dare? Can't complain, man. You know, just before we get to the games, we all have one topic we want to kick it about, right? It's dominated the airways here in Atlanta. Everybody who listens to us consistently know we're an Atlanta-based show. It's only one way we can kick it this week. So let's go on to start off our Atlanta Falcons. Now, you took out the time to go to a local bar, sports bar, and watch it with some wonderful uh, guests of the show. Now, you got a chance to kick it with the lovely Rose and Ms. Law and Order. Uh, they're great Falcon fans. They know their stuff. Friends of DigitalDaring.com. Their cat, their exact, their personality is there. And so when y'all was there and the hooping and the hollering, and we knew we were going to get ourselves a win, what was the atmosphere like? That's what I want to know because I was out there trying to get a few dollars for these white folks. What did the atmosphere like at the bar when we was playing old Blaine Gabbard in San Francisco? Well, you know, everybody wasn't paying no attention at first because it's Blaine Gabbard, right? So you're looking kind of. You know, you're looking, but you're expecting the Falcons to win, right? So you eating your wings, drinking your beer, enjoying them, just whatever you're doing. So, you know, at first they're making plays, and everybody like, huh? And so they cut, and then they make some more plays. Everybody like, hold on now. And so it gets down to crunch time. Everybody like, whoa, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? You look up. It's just like studying for it. It's like a test. It's like you really kind of sort of studied for the test, but not really studied your best. So you and the test is an hour long. So you go in there and you start. It's a hundred question test. So you pick out the thirty answers you know, multiple choice. You know those thirty. So you pick out thirty answers. So that's seventy percent of the. That's thirty percent of the test done, right? So then you say, okay, I'm gonna go from there to this section because I I'm pretty good at this section. So it take you a while or whatever. So then you go from there to another section. And then you look up, it's 50 minutes past, and you only done 50 questions out of 100. You're like, wait, what the fuck happened to the time? That's kind of how the ball was. Everybody was joking and laughing and until it got out, until, it, until we were down 13 to 17 with like five minutes left in the game. And everybody was like, whoa, what's going on now? And you were listening to it on the radio, which gives a different feel than watching it. What how, what was the feel that you would get? Well, one, Atlanta probably has the best play-by-play guys, uh, basketball and football. It's just a pleasure to watch them. Like, I, I watch the game when I'm at home and I listen to it. I mute the TV and listen to, to the announcers because they're, they're really good. Uh, and how they, how they matter of fact and, and, and how they put it together. It's crazy to me. To even so, of course, let's get to this. So, of course, everyone is doubting or asking me, 
Quinn made the right decision by not going forward on fourth down. Here's my take on that. We should not have been in that position to begin with. You shouldn't be battling against the depleted 49ers who just gave away their biggest threat in front of Davis. They had Quan Bowden out with the with the starting cornerbacks out with a mixture line with no Alden Schmidt, no Patrick Willis. This isn't the 2013 49ers. This is the 2015 49ers who just have who got two running backs and Carlos Hyde and Reggie Bush out. I mean, it was pathetic. Can I say something about that fourth down call? Go ahead. I'm not mad at him. So I think that that's novice football spectators who are mad at him. Because, one, he's a defensive coach, so of course he's going to naturally trust the side of the ball he knows, right? And if you look at the game, it wasn't like the Falcons weren't running the ball good. They really were inconsistent moving the ball. It wasn't like the Falcons were just walking up and down the field on them. I wasn't mad with the call. What I was mad at was the shitty play calling when they got down there. That what that's what got lost in the mix. It wasn't that that fourth down call, of course, because it's a fourth down call and they kicked the field goal lose by one. That's what gets all the attention. But what was real bad was the shitty play calling by Brian Schottenheimer in that whole goal line sequence. Brian Schottenheimer, he's a shitty play caller too for Georgia. But we got his uh, big brother. I mean, yeah, Kyle Shanahan. I'm sorry. It's, no, 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 it's both. It's one, it's, I mean, they do it to me every weekend, right? So, Schottenheimer fucks me on Saturday, and Shanahan finishes up the job on Sunday. So It's a train. It's a train of bullshit. Exactly. Here's, here's the biggest problem that no one's been noticing. Uh, and, and, of course, <clears throat> idiots down here always, first motherfucker they come up with is Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan numbers is even good. His numbers, he's got good numbers. He's number four in the league. The problem is the shitty play calling week in, week out. So after the game, the right tackle straight was like, they on what we're doing. Julio Jones was like, we need to pick up the pace because they're talking about the hurry up offense right before halftime. As he was watching, they went to a no huddle, Matt could take, take control, and they went right down and scored, right? Yeah. They come back, they went back to that shitty ass play call from Kyle Shanahan. He doesn't change the tempo, and he only plays one side of the ball. And he's been doing that since week one. The last three games, the defense has given up 48 points. They're doing their job. The offense have scored 46 points. And that's pathetic when you have Devontae Freeman, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and the guy who they haven't used, Roddy White. Roddy White in nine games have 28 targets and has, I think it's like 16 catches. Because I was just talking to some random people, some random fans of DigitalDare.com. And they all come up with the synopsis. They all come up with the shared opinion that Roddy can't get open. But if you look at those games, he makes plays when they throw the ball to him. Again, that's stupid for anyone to say he can't get open. He gets open. Uh, they were saying on a sports uh, channel that I, that I listened to, uh, coaches around the league watching culture film is saying he's open. They're not utilizing him. The problem is the way his offense is ran. And I told you, Kyle Shanahan, anybody who knows football, you know it. Digital Darren, uh, Lynn know it, Rashawn know it, Matt knows it, Major know it, Bebe know it. Plays are developed to open up for other players, correct? Yeah. So left side of the ball, one runs the post, one runs out because it opens up for the place. And what happens is if Julio, whatever size Julio on, that's where we're going in passing. 
He doesn't look to the X receiver just to watch. So he never looks right. He looks to the X receiver. And all the plays go to that side. So Roddy White is the fifth choice. And if you know a quarterback in the league besides Tom Brady who can hold the ball, to see the fifth option, have it. But it goes something like Julio have a post. They'll put bum-ass Hankerson in a slot to run the out. They'll have uh, Freeman run the wheel route. They'll line a tight end on the right-hand side and have him run the drag all the way across to the left of the field. And then you have Roddy run either a post or comeback or have him run the flop. That says that that's football one-on-one, right? Yeah. And so you have your first, second, third, and fourth option on the left side. Matt Ryan is not going to look to the right side. That's why he's not targeted. You can simply, as we said weeks ago on this show, put him in where Hankerson is, put him on the other side of Julio, and you'll see his numbers. He'll get targeted. It's not that right is right not. He only has 28 targets. That's pathetic. And now that Hankerson down, they put Hardy over there. Tammy numbers went up. He's doing everything but utilizing Hardy White. Williams. Um, the Williams kid. I don't understand it. I don't understand what Shanahan has against utilizing Roddy White. He's not washed up and he's not done. Why aren't you using him? You can't hear for Roddy White and Julio Jones. Why are you not using Roddy White? They don't even play. In, they don't even have any plays called for. They don't have any plays called for. Them. You can't have three Roddy White plays. That's pathetic. The play call is pathetic. We lost. We won ten to seven in Tennessee. We lost twenty to twenty three to Buccaneers. We just lost 17 and 16. We battled with Washington. Ah, we lost. We won 20 some against. We only had one big game. That was against Houston. Our offense is shit. And what people are feeling, realizing, this is Matt's first year in this shitty ass offense. Kyle Shanahan is shit. And he's been shit. What the hell did he do when he had Aaron Foster and Andre Johnson in Houston? Nothing. What did he do with RG3? Nothing. What has he ever done? Nothing. Randolph Dunham McNabb. What has he done? And he has a tendency, he has a reputation of starting shit and and making good players disgruntled players. That's what he does. And at this time, you can't tell me at some point, Roddy White is going to be a victim of being a disgruntled player. How could you not be? Yeah, we talked about this on this show earlier when they threw him under the bus. When they were basically like, we're not going to make an attempt to get right or wipe the ball. Which was the stupidest shit you heard. But they got away with it because they were, what, 3-0 and four and, or 4-0 at the time? But now, the shit don't smell so good when they lost two out of three. But they disrespected on twice. So after he... After you snap the eight-year streak of him catching the pass, then you go on to say, well, Roddy did have a good game. He was the best blocking receiver that was out there. Which had him later saying, I'm not paid to fucking block. Throw the ball. And because of that, that was like three games in. Now here we are six weeks later, and he still isn't getting to eat the plug play call, and he's not getting the ball home to him. The biggest problem we have, and you can tell Atlanta fans is fed up with not giving Ryder White the ball, but the biggest problem is his offense is just either run the ball and just throw it to Julio Jones. Stop right there. 
That's the worst fool's goal in Atlanta. Not Julio as a player, not Julio and Mac, but how far that, that can get you. Because teams will let Julio get 100 yards and still do what they did yesterday. The Falcons only score so many points, right? Well, listen, Matthew Stafford and Megatron showed you that 211 shit ain't going to work. They've already showed you that. And as good as Julio Jones and Matt Ryan as a duo, and they are, they're not better than Megatron and Matthew Stafford when they was doing that. Right now they look like shit, but when a couple years ago, they were simply unstoppable, and they went 4-12. and 12. That year he almost had 2,000 receiving yards. And who's going to play? He already has a thousand yards, over a thousand yards, and eighty catches right now in nine games. That's ridiculous. That is preposterous. That is nonsense for a team that's not even getting twenty points. And that's all you need to know. Julio had over a hundred yards yesterday and had ten catches, and we didn't get twenty points. So. Time out for the dumb shit and the bullshit. If he can't get the job done, Kyle Shanahan need the first one out of here. He need to go. And I tell you what else he does that's stupid. So Devontae Freeman had 12 yards on 13 carries. 13 carries on 12 yards, something like that. You don't abandon the run game. Matt Ryan don't need to throw 40 times, and Devontae Freeman only runs 13 times. And then Tevin Colbert had one, I think someone else. You keep running the ball. You can't... Who would have said that the 18 time he touched the ball, he don't get that 50 yard and plug it off? He get the 50 yard for the touchdown. You have to get him in a rhythm. Don't just abandon it. And that's the problem. Three plays on the goal line that last drive. Three passing plays. They ran three plays, all of them pass plays. That's a shitty coordinator in the red zone, don't you think? And that's the... That's what I wanted to get to earlier. And I was like, I wasn't mad at Quinn not going for it. I was mad at the shitty play calling with the game on the line. I don't know what you, let me ask you this. Let's spin it this way. We talked about offensive problems, but there is a problem on the other side of the ball too, right? We don't get no pressure. <laughs> and we refuse to come out of that fucking zone shit that we were The Falcons, let me tell you something coming off this box. They're not beginning to unravel. They are unraveling, and they have been. And teams are finding them out. We don't have Seattle personnel to run this scheme and just be. We got two hard-headed coaches and who's not aware of what's going on, and they're, they're, they're condescending. It's almost like they're too, they think they're smarter than the game itself. And so after these first little four or five games, now, we, now it's starting to unravel. Like the player saying, everybody's on to what we're doing. We don't want to see the Giants right now. We wouldn't want to see them right now. We probably want to see that. We don't want to see Philly right now. We have to play them all over again. Nothing is new. Running that rush for and drop these motherfuckers back in coverage, that is not going to work. Not with Vic Beasley, bomb ass, and Corey Beerman. No. Stop right there. We give Beerman a hard time. Huh? Who was supposed to be just so outstanding this year? She Hagman ain't did a goddamn thing. I think he's, I think he's been average. I think the problem is on the ends, like you said, because the the all blame got to deal. Down said, once the push came, he went right around the corner on them the whole game. That's all he was doing. 
San Francisco wanted it more than Atlanta. I, I would say that. For some reason, it seemed like they wanted it more than Atlanta. And that's the problem I had with Dan Quinn yesterday. Not any X's and O's or coaching mishaps. It just seemed like San Francisco outplayed Atlanta, like wanted it more. Maybe because they had a bunch of practice people who were trying to prove that they deserved to be in the league. And even with Gabbard proving he still deserved to be a backup. But they just wanted it more than Atlanta. I know that sounds, I know that sounds cliche. But it's the truth. But I think another point is that lost in all this is that the Falcons aren't are not a talented team. At all. Not a little bit. And we've been saying that. This is all Thomas Dimitro's product. And uh they got a coach who can who then he he helped hire somebody who wouldn't get him fired. But it is plain as day. This team is depleted of talent. There is no talent. Besides Julio and Roddy, Devontae's Dominic Ruff, that, that's it. Well, all the talent's on the offensive side of the ball. If you had to lane one playmaker on defense, you you would say true fun and that's it. That's it. And then, watch this. All the motherfuckers we were talking about preseason, like who is that and who are they? They pan out to be exactly who we think they are. Rich <laughs> Reed is a nobody. He isn't doing shit. Justin Durant is great, but he stays hurt, like we said. Claiborne is probably our best defensive lineman this year. I give him that. He has been our best defensive lineman, but Schofield, eh, it, it turned out to be just like we thought it would be. Then you went with a team that was depleting talent and when it got more bullshit. And now it looks like this. As a Falcon fan, what's the most? What's been the most disappointing? How they doing, Rod? And I say that, and that's a real homer shit. You do not treat the best receiver in Falcon history like they treat him. He may be the second. He's either the first or second best receiver in Falcons history by numbers. He has all the records. You don't treat, but you don't treat no. You don't treat a player who's been what he's been to the franchise. He hasn't made no noise. He's been a good boy scout. He hasn't. You don't treat him like they treat him. I mean, they they really just pissing on Roddy White. And it's, as a fan, it pisses me off. But as everyone, they keep asking the same questions in the press conference. And just their stubbornness is just unbelievable. That's probably the most, the biggest thing. The second one is, my biggest disappointment, is the way this offensive ran. I mean, Greg, Knight, Greg Knapp and Mike Malarkey ran a better offensive scheme in this Pre-Cal- Don't say Greg Knapp. He's the worst offensive coordinator in NFL history. And he ran it better than Kyle Shanahan. If you look at this shit, he ran with Mike, with, with fucking, man, who we have? Mike Malarkey, Greg Knapp. Who's Mike Ryan had? Dirk Carter. Who? Dirk Carter. That's who it was. Not Greg Knapp. That was a Mike. Dude. You're right. Dirk Carter and Mike Malarkey has had and Mike, they look way better than this. Kyle Shanahan has his looking worse than Greg Mill. There's no way you lose 17-16 to San Francisco. There's no way you win 10-7. Ah, it's, uh, it's pathetic. This game he's in is pathetic. His play calling is questionable at best. He's Trash. And they're going to have to make some arrangements. 
he's work when he is to the Falcon is almost as wet Thomas Dimitrov is to the Falcon right now. And that may be premature, but I'm watching it. After the first three weeks, it's over with. Man, this shit is predictable. We've been struggling since Washington. Uh, do you have any more thoughts on the Falcons? Yeah, we went Washington, we went the Saints, we went Tennessee, we went Tampa Bay, and we went uh, San Francisco. All teams with losing records. And I'm talking like two and four with two of those teams. And we lost to those teams. And we struggle with a backup, man. That's what I got to say. Blaine Gabbert just beat the Falcons. We could have stopped it right there. We're going to wrap up the Falcons talk. Let me ask you a question. Can this be fixed this year? No. What is the Falcons' final record? 9-7. Do they make the playoffs? That was 9-7. I want to say Tennessee is just as a homer. But I see them coming out of this bye week. They got the Colts and they got Minnesota at home. I think both of those losses. I think the way the Panthers are playing, both of those can be losses. I think they split with the Colts and the Vikings. All right, with the Panthers, what you got? We're going to talk more about them in the piece, kids. It's hard to go against them right now. And with Saints coming to town, you think we got the Saints? Then we can beat the Saints. And I think we can beat James. In Tampa Bay, even though he can't beat us here? I think we can. I'll say this. This is the mark of a coach. And I know this is Dan's year, Dan Quinn's first year. This is the mark of a good coach. How will the Falcons play after the bye? Because maybe maybe it took them too long to get into the bye. I mean, nine games in. Maybe they just buy this tire. So I'm interested to see. Excuse me. I'm interested to see how they come out after the bye. That's why I say they should at least win one of these two games. You get a little rest, a little relaxation, a little rejuvenation. A little time for coaches to come back and fix some of the stuff that they didn't get a chance to fix. So I'm very interested to see this. And I think that I think they split the games. I, I got 10 and 6. But 10 and 6 on this schedule is really kind of pathetic. It really is. This schedule it looked like 14 to 2. All day. Uh, we are in the we are in the soft the softest part of the schedule the whole schedule is soft. That's the only reason why I said nine seven ten and six. It's just, it's such a soft schedule. But believe it, the Colts coming off a of bye too. So we'll see uh, if if they're going to split. I don't think that I don't know if that'll be the game. Uh, I it used to be a time when anybody called that Atlanta, you would think it was automatic we would win. But I don't know no. So you say play? You say nine and seven, borderline playoff team at the end of the day. Yeah. What would you grade Dan Quinn's performance so far? C. All right, let's go on to go to the USUC and the Lewinsky Award. Let's start with the USUC. Hold on one minute. Can I have one more thing? Go ahead. So the first week, I was pissed off with the rhetoric of Mike Smith. It's the same rhetoric Mike that uh, Mark Rick used. It's a soft spoken. Well, we'll have another game. So Dan Quinn has all this fire when he speaks. I mean, we didn't execute, but we played crazy hard. And we were fast at the attack. And he, he, he does this every week. Now, here's my conclusion. I don't give a shit what's your rhetoric or what tone you use it in. If it does not produce the proper results, it doesn't matter. It gets irritating either way. So it doesn't matter if you're fiery with it or it doesn't matter if you, you know, docile and careless and 
just carefree with it, it does not matter because if the results are a loss, it all sounds the same. I think this is a growing pain for him. And something that he can overcome. But right now, I think this is a growing pain. Let's go and get to the Lewinsky and the U-Suck Award. Let's start with the U-Suck Award. Well, we didn't talk 30 minutes left. They suck. I agree with you. It got to go to the Falcons. People took the Falcons seriously. Now you can't take them serious at all. And if they don't write this wrong, they can wind up being 79, which should get everybody fired if they go 79 with this sketch. Yep. Including that faggy Thomas Mitro. This got to be the one. But this should get, man, this schedule, it, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter what game, who did what this week. The Falcons just lost to. Blaine Gavin in the San Francisco 49ers, the same team that had like nine players leaving offseason and just traded their other player this week in Vernon Davis. And what's even more so, the coach said it. I wanted to hold Blaine so when we play a soft defense, he called you out and you went there and lost. You know, it only can go to one team. Let's go to, we both said Falcons for the U Suck Award. I wish we can get to him two times over. But anyway, let's go on and get to the Lewinsky Award. I have two. One, good God, Antonio Brown. It, was that a record or, or no? Not that I know of. Jesus Christ. Who had more than 200? Was it 280? 280 something or 270 something? At over 270 yards. AJ Green did like two years ago. Hey, man. Boy, Jesus Christ. That's something. And uh, it was a lot of that, though. It was a a lot of going off this week. Uh, but I give it to uh, Antonio Brown, and he's my second, actually. My biggest Lewinsky goes to the players from Missouri who stood for something and made something change. It wasn't all about talking about change like Obama. They actually did something, and they affected change. And I have to tilt my hat off. I'm proud of them. I'm proud of not only them, but the young man who did the uh, fasting for the, for the week. And he had a hunger strike going on. Uh, I'm even proud of the coach for coming along board and uh, having them step down. I think it was awesome that in this day and age, you can see that when you band together, things can happen as people. I think we might do a podcast on that and just the ramifications for so many different levels for black players, for the NCAA. I think it has so many ramifications. If, if It has so many possible future ramifications. So I, I might want to hold it for another podcast. I do want to get your thoughts real quickly. Does it get this far without the foot without the Missouri football team stepping into it? No. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Okay. Because I think that's kind of one of the things we're going to talk about if we do do a podcast on it. Because I agree with you. And it shows the power for not just black athletes, right, but all college athletes, right? So my loyalty, I got two loyalties too. The first one I agree with you, Missouri. I intern for digitaldaring.com. Shout out to Pete. He been online just commenting on different people, just different thoughts. And you'd be surprised at how people think about how the different views that are coming in about this. But shout out to Pete for responding to some of the people I intern. I'm proud of them. 
I think this harkens back to Bill Russell, Muhammad Ali. My second Lewinsky, more NFL-based Lewinsky, is Cam and the Panthers. They dismantled Green Bay. If I were Carolina, what are they, 8-0, 9-0, right? 8-0. I would go all in this year because there's no class of the NFC right now. I mean, it's the Patriots in the AFC. The Broncos maybe, but right now it's just the Patriots and everybody else on that side. With the right moves, it could just be the Panthers and everybody else on this side. I would go balls to the wall trying to get a receiver for Cam. All right, it's over with. Can't trade deadline is over with. Uh, they didn't need, they <laughs> the Rams just signed Wes Welker, who they should have signed. Right. Mm. Think somebody more play, somebody with more with more wild to him. Uh-huh. If I was them out of spite, and this is probably me out of anger, I would have tried to trade for Ronnie White. I think that's you out of anger. I love Ronnie, but they need somebody. They need a they need a for sure handed playmaker. Well, that, they got what they got now. That's it. They were out of, They got all the chips in. But I'm just saying that if I were the GM, I would have went balls to the wall and found a, a wide receiver. I, I see where you're going with that. I think you're on to something there. I, well, as far as this year, I, it's almost like you see them coming out of the NFC and then getting beat by the uh, New England Patriots. Exactly. Is that because you can't look on the NFC and say who you can't look in the NFC and say, wow, this team is loaded. They're going anywhere. So why not Cam them? I mean, besides them being in our division, why not them? No, nah, that's who it's going to be. Um, I think, uh, unless it's a, unless it's the Cardinals come and knock them off in the championship game. Yeah. But I think that's who it's going to be. It's going to be right now. The and, and here's the thing that people don't know. When we were talking about how easy the, the Falcons schedule is, Panthers got the same schedule with the exception of like two, three players, three, two, three teams, which was Seattle Seahawks and Green Bay Packers. And they beat them. And so now the rest of their schedule, well, guess what it looks like? <laughs> Let's spin this back to the Falcons real quick. Will you agree that besides Carolina, there's no it team in the playoffs that can make the playoffs? Besides the Cardinals? Uh, let me rephrase the question. Can the Falcons beat anybody in the playoffs, not named Carolina or Arizona? Yeah. They can beat the in the wild card. They can beat the, in the Giants when they come out of that division. If they come here, maybe. Can they beat the Vikings? Uh, it depends because Bridge will look like he got killed yesterday. Yeah, but he ain't got he ain't got to go against that kind of defense. So Bridge will eat us up. For dinner, it'll be it'll be no, it'll be a struggle. I think I think uh, Bridgewater and the Giants will be the biggest for anybody else. No division leaders. So the Cardinals, Green Bay, and the Panthers. Nah, you can forget it. We can hang that up. All right, let's go on to get to the games. First game, Buffalo at the Jets. Line is New York by two and a half. Give me the Jets. Hey, is uh. Is everybody healthy with the Jets? I think Geno's starting this week. Oh, <clears throat> give me the Bills. If Geno's starting, give me the Bills. I'm looking now saying Fitzpatrick. Um, he hope well. Yeah, he's out, so it'll be Geno. 
Give me the Bills. Give me the Jets. I think they're going to beat Ricks just because it's Ricks. Sunday game, first Sunday game, Lions at the Packers. Line Green Bay by 13. Give me the Packers. They cover? Yep. Do you bench Matt Stafford? Nope. It's too late now. Now you got to go. Now you're here. You don't chose this bitch. Now you got to dance with who you brought to the dance. You can't get a dance now trying to shuffle. So we're we're too deep in the season now. Now any moves you got to make has got to come later. So now, yeah, you got to go and dance with Matthew Stafford. Cowboys at the books. Line is Tampa Bay by one. Man, that's a shitty game. Give me Tampa Bay, though. Oh, wait, who you got for the last game? Green Bay. <laughs> and they cover. Detroit's a shit storm right now. Firing everybody. Man, it's just a shit storm. <laughs> oh, it's not even worth discussing. Okay. Yeah. Cowboys at the books. Let's talk about the Cowboys for a second. If Tony Romo was there, there'd be there'll be a big threat. And I hate saying that. But if Tony Romo was there, <clears throat> the division leader's four and four. Five and four. The Giants are five and four. So they just went five and four. Right. Okay. So the division leader's five and four. I mean, they would have had that. They would have had the division. The line is Tampa Baby out one. Give me Tampa Bay. Matt Castle on the road fucking up. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing, boy. You 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 do not want to be stuck with your backup. You just don't. Let me rephrase that statement for you. You don't want to be stuck with a known backup. You almost want an unknown at that point, right? All right. You're exactly right. Because you see what Landry do with Pittsburgh. You know, he may not be good, but at least he's an un- an unknown known is better. An unknown unknown is probably better than a known known, right? Next one o'clock game: the Panthers at the Titans. The line is Carolina by four and a half. I go, Darren, give me Carolina. Give me the four and a half. You see what I'm saying? About they can go sixteen and zero. See the very next game. <laughs> and Vegas is kind to you because you gave you four and a half. No, goddamn what? It's gonna be a double digit game. Give me more than four and a half. Well, this can be a letdown game, right? So this is normally your classic trap game. You just got it off a big win. No, I have a fear on that. Trap games are for bad teams and mediocre teams. It's a Falcon. This is a Falcon trap game. Teams like New England and Green New, they beat these motherfuckers. Good teams win. Bad teams make excuses. That's a good, very profound statement. All right, so let's go to the next game. One o'clock, Chicago at the Rams. There's no there's no um line on the board, so it's just straight who you got winning straight up. Chicago at the Rams. You get fooled in the Rams food go, but I don't trust Jay Cutler. Give me the Rams. Which Jay do you trust more? Jay Cutler or Jay Fisher? Or Jeff Fisher? I mean, he got Nick Foles, but they got Ty Girl. I'm going with Ty Girl. Georgia boy. Give me the Rams, but Lord knows I can't go with Jeff Fisher. Confident. <laughs> but I, I, I can't go with Jay Cutler at all. <laughs> Next game of the Saints at the Redskins. Line is even. Well, there's a lot of shitty motherfuck games out this week, ain't Quiet as kept. If New Orleans would have won last week, we'd really be on our shits and our hands and knees. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. 
Because they would be one game away from us starting. What did they start? 0 3 or something like that? Oh, shit. They might have had their first win with us, didn't it? It was uh, their first win with us. Ready to go foul? Uh-huh. Drew Brees over Cook. Drew Brees is greater than Cook. Kirk Cousins in my book. So Darren, give me the Saints. Yeah, by that reason, I got to take them all. So exactly right. The next one o'clock game is the is Miami the Eagles. The line is Philly by seven. Damn, the NFL is all right, Give me uh, give me Philly. I don't want the line, but I don't see Philly covering seven. But I actually got Miami winning the game. I don't think Philly's good work for shit. I think they beat it. They're not worth a damn. And Chip Kelly's going to be working on getting his ass fight. If not this year, next year. Mm-hmm. Chip Kelly might be next head coach at University of Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> a little hope there, aren't is it? Hmm. We can always wish upon the start, right? All right. Who else you got? <laughs> next one o'clock game is the Browns at the Steelers. The line is Pittsburgh by four and a half. Hey, man. Now, for all that suck off they got damn Johnny football, boy, Lord of mercy, he sucks. And he get caught with the domestic shit, and they sweep that round right under the rug, but they put a bring up Jeff, Greg Hardy shit from two years ago. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the Greg Hardy and the Cowboys. I think that's fucked up. Like, I think that's, the media's full of dirty tricks. Tupac told you that. I think that's fucked up because, like, the man, whatever done happened, done happened, right? And so it's not like his new stuff. That's come. It's not like his new evidence to count. They already had this stuff. So somebody just said ESPN or whoever just trying to destroy the man. And I do agree with Jerry Jones. Like once you made the decision to ride with him, you should ride with him. But you see, it's crazy. And I know we get on off topic here, but that shit came out of nowhere. Now all of a sudden, here's the pictures, and of course they make it, you know, Bob Costas and ball and. I mean, it's just been unbelievable. Motherfuckers asking what should the league do. The motherfucker was out of football for a year and a half. That's what the league did. Yeah, it's like it's like the media trying to spin this shit a certain type of way, and you know, it's like the media trying to do what the media do. I think Goodell should put his foot down. He's the mono. The NFL is the monolith in this, and they, the NFL should tell some of these motherfuckers, look, if you want to keep doing business with us, you need to cut some of this shit out. Man, it's for the for, as a fan of the game, it's exhausting. And motherfuckers get on this, and of course, niggas, how dare he touch a woman? Yeah, we know all that. We know. No, no, but we're not condoning him, women. Nobody sitting here saying you should hit a woman. God damn it! I thought the man did his time. I'm talking about it's people. It's sports analysts saying they should. Stephen A. Smith got on there saying they should cut him. There's a lot of people saying they should cut him or whatever. I don't think they should cut him because they already knew. I hate to say it's nothing new. They've already seen these pictures. The NFL, everybody who needs to see these pictures have already seen these pictures. They're just made public, right? Shit's unbelievable, man. Yeah. I, it's, it's grotesque, actually. And I, I sense racism. I sense everything. In it. I, it's disgusting to me. And, and as, as disgusting as what he did, it's as disgusting. it is as disgusting as what they're doing. That and just as they're doing the same bullying. They're doing the same thing. Why are we even talking about this this late in the season? With a team that's not winning shit. Yeah, we already talked. Why are you still vilifying this guy? We understand he's a villain. Yeah. 
He did something he should not have done. Everyone on that high horse, understandably so. He should not have done what he did, but let's get, get the fuck real, please. The guy have already done this, man. Come on. This is this is too much. Alright. I'm glad we went that way because I was listening to it today and man, they cracking it up like it just happened and we're back at it. They cracking up like it's something new, like he just went out and beat another girl. Yeah. He's it's so old, he's already went to court and it's already been resolved. So come on with the nonsense, man. Media, stop with the games. Last one o'clock game, the Jaguars at the Ravens. Lions Baltimore by five and a half. Darren, give me the Jaguars. Upset. Oh, give me the Ravens. You said it like it's a for sure thing. I believe so. You got to win about more than five and a half? No, because they suck. Okay, so it's not a for sure thing. Oh, no, it's a for sure thing. They suck. It's a fucking Jaguars. Four or five, first four or five game. Vikings at the Raiders. No line for this. Bridgewater probably out, so give me the Raiders. If Bridgewater wasn't out, Ravens, them motherfuckers, falling. Ain't gonna lie, that young team now, MOB, man, worse than Peasley. He was right, he was on the summer a year earlier, so it's probably gonna be another two years. Who took the baton and told you about him this year? Nah, we both were talking about the Raiders and they got good young talent. But who said they go 8 and 8? Huh? Who said they go 8 and 8? Yeah. So they got that pick the coast for the Super Bowl. Okay, we're going to play these games. All right. Colts ain't out of it. They still leading their division. They out of it. <laughs> this next team going to knock them out of it. 425, New England at the Giants. Line is New England by eight. New England wins, but not by eight. New England wins and more than eight. You think so? Yeah. That's a pretty high line. Tom Coughlin don't know get that ass whip like that. Let me tell you something, man. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady to show you how to do it. They doing like the old karate kid, the first one. Sweet the leg. There's no pain in this dojo. There's no mercy in this dojo. They don't play, man. And they lead the starters in and they run up your ass. No grease. All game long. No mercy. Yeah, they win. Your team ain't good enough. If your team's not good enough to stick with them, they don't play pity ball. They don't play pity ball and see they starters. They're going to play to the end. Next 425 game, Chiefs at the Broncos. The line is Broncos by seven. Broncos by seven? Do they win by more than seven? Probably. I don't trust the Chiefs at all. You used to like Andy Reid. You say he a Hall of Famer. No questions asked. He's not? Hell no. The, his stint with the Chiefs is showing you why not. Oh, you talk all this shit about Marvin Lewis? A nigga ain't never made out the wild card? Yeah, like I'm saying Marvin Lewis a Hall of Famer. Yeah, but you talk all this shit about you want to give him his chance to how many goddamn Andy Reid is in the Hall of Really Good, not the Hall of Fame. Oh, how many times Andy Reid been to the Super Bowl now? Once. How many division titles have you won? Probably like five. That's good enough. Uh, I got. I got Denver winning. They win by more than seven. Nah, they win by more than seven, but they win. All right, eight thirty game. Cardinals at the Seahawks. I got the Cardinals, but that's going to be a good one. Line to Seattle by three. I got the Cardinals, too. Seattle don't have it this year. Russell Wilson looking fat. <laughs> that's not the word I would have thought of, but explain that to us. He just looks fat. He just looks 
don't know. He might be eating too much Sierra. I don't know. He's a little fat. I mean, he, it ain't the same up there. They, they have a problem with that offensive coordinator, too. This son bitch had Jimmy Graham and refused to use him like he needs to be used. I, I think it's more of an indictment on Russell Wilson than it is Jimmy Graham. Nah, it's, it's the play call. They do. They're leaving Jimmy Graham in blocking. You, let me tell you something, man. With them bum ass receivers that they got in Seattle, you target Jimmy Graham ten times a game. You call five players for Jimmy Graham off the top, and you call most of the players for Marshawn Lynch, but you call Jimmy Graham players, and that's what they're not doing. Last game, Texans at the Bengals Monday night. Line to Cincinnati by twelve. Darren, Cincinnati win, but you can't trust Marvin to end it by twelve over nobody. Well, one, this is a shitty game. It shouldn't be on uh, prime time. I don't know why they scheduled this for national audience. They should have flex scheduled this motherfucker. John Green going to go ballistic. Yeah, I'll keep giving them some of these shitty games. Boy, they giving them some trash, right? If it wasn't for John Green, you wouldn't even watch this shit. Uh, not only do I take Cincinnati, but, I mean, I take the 12 and so and some more. So you trust Andy and Mars? No, I don't trust O'Brien and Boyd. <laughs> Uh, this has been DigitalDarren.com, NFL Week 10 Picks and Kicks. Thank you for listening. Watch out for the Missouri Podcast, DigitalDarren.com. Catch us on iTunes, Stitcher. Make sure to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend.